Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the JMart Cast for Monday, August 23rd, 2021. <laughs> Almost uh, failed on that intro. How's it going, guys? How are you doing? Thanks for tuning in, listening to the JMart Cast again. I'm actually recording this a couple days early. I'm recording it on Friday because on Monday I will be away at a cottage. Yes. <laughs> And so I won't have the will or the capability to record a podcast. And I won't be on Sunday either because it'll be, we'll be leaving on Saturday. And funny enough, I'll have to come back for a wedding on Sunday <laughs> and then go back on Monday to the, uh, to the cottage. Excuse me. So unprofessional, leaving my phone on during a podcast <laughs> but uh yeah just so happened that we had originally planned around the wedding and booked the dates for a cottage to be on a different day but of course as all plans change especially these days due to uh covid and things you know uh the dates have to be changed for the wedding of course we don't fault the uh, bride and groom for that. That's just an unfortunate circumstance, but we're definitely not going to miss the wedding. And in fact, I'm pretty stoked to go to the wedding to uh, have fun and normalize and just, you know, have a good time. And also I'm pretty stoked about the gift that my wife and I uh, uh, got for the newlyweds. Um, I won't spoil it here, but um, actually maybe I can because, uh, yeah, by the time this gets released, the wedding will be over. So maybe I'll do that, actually. <laughs> As many of you who know me personally uh, know that I love uh, baking sourdough bread. So uh, I'm going to basically uh, try to, uh, <laughs> through my gift, force uh, my friends into <laughs> baking sourdough by giving them, giving them a, a Dutch oven. And also, besides the Dutch oven, I'm also giving them all the other kind of accessory things that are kind of required for making bread. Like the uh, there's a bread scraper. There's a this thing, funny thing called lom, which is basically like the um, razor blade attachment you use for cutting or scoring the top of the bread just before baking it. And so, but I I looked into it. You can use the uh, Dutch oven for many things, and uh, they're vegetarian too. So. Uh, I think you can make lots of delicious veggie stews with it. And I use mine a lot for uh, caramelizing onions and it's like the best thing for that. So um, I'm confident it's, it's a good gift. And then what makes it even better is Carly and I made a sweet little video to go along with it with us kind of like, um, you know, rather than making, buying a standard card, we kind of made a video of us kind of, kind of saying what we would have written down in the card. And then at the end of that, I also made like a little uh, added video with like a tutorial on, on the most basic uh, kind of sourdough bread you can make. And I, the video turned out okay. There's some like uh, blurry parts. <laughs> but uh, it's mostly good. And I think it does a good job getting them started on the path and even whatever, even if at least uh, they don't have to... Uh, you know, if they're really keen, they can always look into YouTube and all the, you know, tutorials that I had to go through to, uh, you know, figure out things on it for myself. But if, 
you know, this can at least cut out some of that work for them to start it out. And then if they have the curiosity for it, they can take a deep dive. So yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. Just uh, giving that gift, like I said, and, and also just uh, going to the wedding, having a normal part of life back, seeing people. It's going to be a small wedding. It'll be like less than 50 people, which is I guess good. And it'll be outdoors too, an outdoor venue, which is nice too. So I think all the necessary precautions uh, will be taken. Um, speaking of which, let's see. I have a list of things that I've written down um, that I want to talk about for today's episode. And uh, yeah, so I spent, I guess I was just going to say how I talked about the wedding gift and spent all of yesterday editing the video. It's like a five minute video and it takes like hours to edit. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I still suck at that part of the process of like creating a media, but uh, getting better and each time is a little bit higher quality and a little bit goes by a little faster. So it's consistency, I guess. Got to just keep on it. Let's see what else we got. Uh, training oh, I got after after today after recording this got to get back to um the calisthenic park today and get another good good workout in I had a really sweet workout on Tuesday it was a nice warm day sunny day got out there <laughs> my voice cracked there a little bit sunny day <laughs> but yeah I got out there out in the sun got some good vitamin d uh and all the other benefits of being out and uh went to the park did a nice uh, short little workout, 30 to 45 minutes, just very basic, banged out uh, pull-ups and, and dips. Different, very, I would try to make it a different variation of uh, each time around just to try to work as many different muscles in different proportions as possible. Uh, and, then, um, and then, yeah, kept it short. Three sets, I think I just did three sets of 10 for two exercises, did a little bit of stretching and then, uh, it was, yeah, it was great. So I got to get back to doing that today back at the calisthenic park. Cause it looks like another perfect day for just doing that, doing that again. Let's see. Um, oh yeah, this, uh, <laughs> funny thing. Uh, uh, I guess not that funny, but, um, this new book I've been, uh, so I'm a big fan of audible. I, I read books too, not, not as much as I listen to books on tape and I have an audible subscription that I use quite well. I usually, you get like a credit per month and I usually, usually, uh, use that up anyways. Uh, I've been going back to some old classics. So I've been reading Anna Karenina. It's this book, uh, I think Tolstoy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tolstoy is the author old classic anyway it's about this woman who's from St Petersburg and on a trip to Moscow she uh some man like falls in love with her and she's married of course anyway the not that far into it but there's a part where there where she's on the uh train from uh Moscow back to St Petersburg and it reminded me that I've actually taken that train myself uh with my brother and my cousins we had a little uh trip from Moscow to St Petersburg for a few days where we uh did some sightseeing but uh, i did remember like being on that train we it's an overnight train that we took uh 
We slept on the train. It was actually quite comfortable, but it was just a lot of fun to, yeah, you forget living in North America, how fun taking trips on trains can be. Um, <laughs> Cause it, trains are, I guess, less accessible here. It's more of roads, of course, uh, with cars and, and flights. But uh, of course in Europe, uh, uh, trains were the first mode of travel that was used before, you know, flight was invented. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they're more accessible there, but I had a lot of fun on that. And we actually, uh, uh, while we were, uh, on the train, we met some Russian people who were actually from the other side of, uh, Russia. Of course we know Russia is like the largest kind of country by landmass, uh, and like it's got the widest span from east to west and they were basically from the outermost west region of the country and uh moscow and saint peter saint petersburg are definitely on the easternmost region so they were far from home and they were taking the same train as us and i guess they were just looking to hang out with some people and they knew some english at least well enough to like communicate with me and my brother and then uh course my cousins could speak russian to them and so through this kind of broken russian through my broken russian and their broken english we were able to communicate had a good time had a few drinks as russians do <laughs> and uh yeah it was a great experience anyway just that book made reminded me of that and uh i just thought of the good memories i had thought i'd share it and uh yeah i'd recommend taking that train if you have the chance yeah, what else did I do today, or not today, this week? Well, uh, I uh, set up a Bitcoin node. I am finally 100% synchronized with the, uh, with the blockchain ever since its inception in uh, 20, 2009 or 2010, I think. 2010 is when it started. Yeah, uh, those of you who know me know that I've been talking about Bitcoin uh quite a lot more recently and so uh of course uh i'm putting where my money where my mouth is and i just uh got a bitcoin node it's not that expensive but it's not cheap either basically what it takes getting one is uh you get a processor i bought this raspberry pi processor and you hook that up with some a, mem a memory drive i have an ssd drive it's a terabyte of memory and you can basically upload the Bitcoin protocol onto the processor and uh, it will start to run it and you can be a node. And once you're synchronized with the blockchain, the blockchain's quite big, actually, it turns out. So I had a ter terabyte of memory and now uh, half of that terabyte is already um, covered, I think, close to 500 gigs is used up by the blockchain. But of course it started in 2010 and it's 2021. So in 11 years, it's, uh, it's, uh, gotten there and it's a pretty linear increase. So I have another basically 10 or so years before I have to worry about some memory, but it's just interesting how <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, I've got that set up for those who don't know what Bitcoin is, what I'm talking about at all. It's, uh, it's a long topic that we'll get into over time, little by little, but the maybe the brief i'll give a quick little brief introduction that might not even make sense until like there's a lot more context but it's decentralized money in a way similar to gold 
but in digital form. And uh, I think uh, it's the way of the future, similar to how the internet is kind of the way of the future. People didn't, of course, see that in the early 90s when it was first coming around until it was obvious in the 2000s. And then this is kind of in a similar state where, uh, although I think it's pretty obvious now, it <laughs> went from valued at like a cent to now at this point, like, you know, f over 40,000 per Bitcoin. So anyways, I'll leave that at that. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, the other thing related to Bitcoin I wanted to talk about real quick was... Uh, um, that Carly and I are looking at going, doing a, a vacation, possibly uh, going on vacation to El Salvador of all places. Well, why would you want to go to El Salvador, John? It's uh, that's a weird place to go. What are, what are you thinking? I've heard the crime rate there has been bad for years. Blah blah blah. Yeah, of course we're a fear-driven society, always uh, worried about the worst-case outcome, and it makes sense because. Um, you know, so when things go wrong, the people who worried are likely the people who um, made it because they made some plans to, I don't know, overcome whatever they were worried about. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> I want to go to El Salvador because that country is the first country in the world to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. And so now they can use that as money rather than property. Here in North America and Canada and the U.S., it's viewed as property rather than uh, a, a a money or a currency. So when you use it, there's like, um, you know, they put capital gains taxes on it and, th and, th and things like that. It's not not ideal for using it as a currency currently. But anyways... Uh, in El Salvador it is, and um, turns out El Salvador has a really beautiful, like, beach, <laughs> coastline, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> diminish the coastline into a single beach, just the, the, a beautiful coastline along the Pacific, and we do have direct flights going from Toronto to San Salvador, the capital, and the coastline is le is like less than an hour away, and... There's actually a place in El Salvador along the coastline called Bitcoin Beach. <laughs> it's actually called El Zante, El Zante uh, in El Salvador. And uh, colloquially, I guess, colloquially, people call it Bitcoin Beach because it's the adoption rate there is higher than anywhere else. And so, um, yeah, you can go and support the community, I guess, be part of this, like, early movement of people, uh, I don't know, taking matters into their own hands and being sovereign people. And yeah, so, and not to mention the fact, like I said, the coastline is beautiful. It's like beautiful beaches. It's perfect for uh, surfing, apparently. It's one of these uh, less discovered um, surf places. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's a win-win from, uh, from what I can see. <laughs> So definitely excited about that. And so, of course, if I'm talking about travel, I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, just saw this, I think, either yesterday or two days ago. Uh, our uh, beloved uh, Prime Minister, 
Trudeau was asked if um, people who are not vaccinated will be allowed to take flights or trains uh, in Canada, and he unequivocally said uh, said no, they will not. And I so disagree with that sentiment by the Prime Minister and anyone else who shares it. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, I mean, uh, if I'm uh, talking about taking a vacation myself, what that reveals is that, of course, that I'm uh, vaccinated because uh, according to the prime minister, I wouldn't be allowed to get on a flight to go and take my vacation otherwise. But uh, so, yeah, because of that, because I saw that happening, <laughs> I uh, did get vaccinated on Monday. I waited a while. Yes. John, why did you wait so long? What, why are you such a bad person? I thought like you care about health. You care about, don't you care about your, your community, your society? <laughs> I do. I do. I really do. And that's partly why I got the vaccine. But in truth, I got the vaccine because I wanted to make my wife happy and part of making my wife happy would be also going on this vacation. And selfishly, I also want to go on this vacation. So I uh, decided to get the vaccine. And uh, yeah, it was no big deal. I got it. Um, John, why, why, did, why did you resist getting it for so long? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you a good person? <laughs> it seems like this is the narrative around people who are not vaccinated. Um, and it's, I think it's not true. I think it's the wrong way to look at it. Uh, what do I want to say about this? What I want to say is I'm against making the vaccine mandatory. I didn't want to get it myself personally, but I also wanted to do what's right for everyone to make sure that I'm like safe around other people and, and all that. You know, I, I think it's wrong to separate our society into kind of these, these two groups of the vaccinated and unvaccinated. There are many reasons why someone would not or could not be vaccinated. And by limiting those people in what they're allowed to do and what part of society they're allowed to uh, participate in, we're doing our whole society a disservice. My stance is that the individual is the basic functional unit of society. And when we do something or anything to diminish that person, that individual in any way, the society will ultimately pay the price. The individual too, will, of course, too, but it... Anyways, I, I don't think I need to defend myself in that stance. That is, um, that is my opinion. However, like I said, I wanted to uh, my, make my wife happier. She, she's a medical doctor. She's in support of the vaccine, and I trust her opinion. And so... I decided to go ahead with it. And uh, also, I, like I said, sel selfishly, because I want to uh, 
go on a vacation and if I'm going to be prohibited from doing so, even if I were healthy and uh, had a negative COVID test, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be coerced. Can I say that? Coerced into taking the vaccine to, uh, you know, do <laughs> what I think should be, I should be allowed to do it anyway. Go take my vacation and enjoy time with my family as a healthy person. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I leave it at that for now. And then one thing I wanted to do is, uh, oh yeah, the, the facts of life. <laughs> I kind of liked, I just kind of made that up at at the time from from the last first episode and kind of liked it. So I'm going to bring it back. Hashtag facts of life. Everybody choose food. <laughs> yeah, everybody choose food, right? Not like everybody choose differently, but some people chew less. Some people chew more. Some people chew with their open, with with their mouths open. Some people chew with their mouths closed. um yeah what do we think about that uh write me back what do you think about people who uh chew don't chew food or chew with their mouths open (laughs) Uh, are they should we look down upon them or or should we accept them into society should we separate our society into those categories just put labels on everyone (laughs) Anyways, uh, just moving on from that, uh, I wanted to share a couple more things from my Insta kind of uh, chats with people. By the way, follow, in, follow me on Instagram at jmartfit, J-M-A-R-T-F-I-T. Um, I host, post a lot of fitness health-related stuff, uh, a lot of clips from my uh uh, other podcast about health called State of Health. Um, some tutorials and things like that on exercises too. So just check it out. But uh, you know, people, I've been, I post a lot of health stuff, and people react to it, of course, and respond certain things. So it's kind of fun to share this. I'm not going to share like personal stuff about people, but just kind of people's reactions. So one thing I shared recently and i think this is a really good example of how to interact with people when you don't necessarily see eye to eye um so i posted this or reposted somebody else's post on on my stories about how the title was you're not boring if you prefer and there are like three things first one was eating real food over junk food drinking water over alcohol or soft drinks or and then the last one was your circadian rhythm over party nights. So three things that I think are very relevant to health, right? What you eat, what you drink, and kind of uh, how, how you sleep, basically. Three of the most important things, really. So <laughs> I, I, I like I quite resonated with this post, so I thought it made a lot of sense to post this. And then my tag on it was doesn't have to be one hundred percent perfect, perfect either, because like these are ideals and we have ideals because we want to strive for them, but they're really impossible to maintain all the time, right? Like you can't, especially in this like world that we live in, eating real food 100% of the time is just not 
feasible. Like you're constantly surrounded by all these like food products, chips, soft drinks, all these things, right? Like, so you, you just got to do your, do the best you can. So I, I posted that and then with each one, there's like a picture associated. So for the eat real food, there's a picture of like a nicely grilled steak and then for like eating real food over junk food, the picture for junk food is just basically a, a burger from McDonald's with fries and Coke in the back. So that was the thing that I posted. And then I won't explain or describe the other graphics because what the person's response to me was related to that first one was in, in response to the nicely um, uh, grilled steak image. So this person responded to... Yes, real food, but the image author really ought to have anything but steak as a suggestion. And then he's got a facepalm emoji, which I like. (laughs) Yeah, we do need to use the facepalm emoji more often just for like comedic breaks. (laughs) Then he goes on to say, beef is absolutely horrible. Horrible spelled with like multiple R's to, you know, emphasize horrible. Maybe he's he's trying to roll his R's like a Spanish person. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) is absolutely horrible for the environment. And if they turned on the news, they'd see that effects of climate change popping up literally everywhere. Time to get serious about this shit so we can leave a better planet for our children. And so that last sentence, for sure, I agree with that. But a blanket statement like beef is absolutely horrible for the environment, I I cannot stand behind. Um, I think like it's one of these topics that people see as black or white, but is like very nuanced. Uh, I talked about this in the last episode, right? Like uh, people point to beef with the methane being like a stronger greenhouse gas, pointing to that as to why beef is bad for the environment, but how, you know, that's not necessarily uh, a truthful way of looking at things. Because if you look at the full carbon cycle, the impact of methane is quite a bit less than carbon dioxide because it breaks down quite a lot sooner and ultimately, it's constantly cycling compared to the fossil fuels, which are being released from something where they were no, not cycling, they were stored, right? And so, yeah, climate change is popping up everywhere, but fossil fuels, those are the things that are leading to climate change. So anyway, my response to him was like, what makes beef horrible for the environment? Question mark. I sent him my little thing about methane, just to post about it. I didn't say anything else, but I did say, is it greenhouse gases you're worried about? And then I said, there's a lot of propaganda against beef to put the blame on something other than fossil fuels. The book Sacred Cow does a good job of providing a different perspective on the matter if you're interested. And then I thought, give it a minute. I still wanted to validate him in a way where I wanted to like, be on the same side as him and find the commonality between us. And most people agree that factory farming is really one of the big culprits of what makes meat consumption not so good. So that's kind of like the bone I wanted to throw to him. So I said, but yes, factory farming is not good and has a lot of problems. My wife and I do not purchase meat from the grocery store 90% of the time. We usually buy a whole animal from a local farm which has really good farming practices and does not send the cow to a feedlot prior to harvesting. Then I finished. There's nuance in everything, of course. And so I want to 
agree with people as much as possible, but also figure out the nuance and everything as well. Because blanket things across the board are, are never are never the best way. And this, you know, talking, taking it back to the vaccine, just vaccinating everyone straight across the board is not the answer, in my opinion, because one solution straight across the board for everybody is never the right way to approach any problem for any or any medical disease. It's just simply not. Different people have different situations and you need personalized medicine. This was like the uh, like words that people were touting right before the pandemic as like the next generation of medical care is personalized medicine. And now we're just going towards <laughs> just blanket. Everybody must be vaccinated or else. And same thing with uh, same thing with meat. Meat is bad straight across the board, no matter what bad for the environment that is not true but anyways uh by trying to find like the common ground with this person i'm hoping to be able to find help him find a nuance as well with me anyway so they responded back saying greenhouse gas is definitely part of it but not the whole picture he goes on to say fundamentally raising cattle in the quantities that we do is catastrophic to the environment it's hard to imagine a less efficient way to produce food. This is a great high-level summary by Vox that I think captures the impact over and above greenhouse gases, if you're curious. He sent me a little link to a YouTube uh, video from Vox. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Thanks for sharing that with me. Like, in Interacting with a person like this is actually so nice because... He's never insulting me. He's he's accepting my viewpoints and acknowledging them while also like sharing his opinion in like a really uh, collaborative way where like I'm much more likely to hear out his point of view and change my mind. And then I'm hoping that that interaction also sh is um, the same in him. He, he would he would ha be this. What's the word for that? He would reciprocate. There we go. It's reciprocal. And then, uh, but I mean, it's still, I feel like he's very uh, <laughs> uh, black or white in saying fundamentally raising cattle in the quantities that we do is catastrophic for the environment. I don't know if it's the quantities, it's the amount, it's maybe it's how we do it. Maybe if the practices are changed, um, there's there's debate to be had here, I think. And just to kind of say that unequivocally is a little short-sighted, let's just say. Anyways, uh, he goes on to say, Avoid, avoiding factoring farming meat is a good step for sure, but still 95% of all animal products sold in North America come from factory farms. So even if people like yourself are seeking to do better, it's a drop in the bucket against our addiction to cheap meat. Yes, I don't dispute what you say, but... Uh, all I can do is what I'm doing, right? Is I'm, I'm changing my behavior and trying to lead by example and talk about it. And if other people want to do it, great. If not, fine. 
Next thing he said, anyway, I'm not some preachy plant-based guy. My only point for the author of this image was that presenting beef as the paragon of real food might, might send the wrong message to a bunch of people who don't know any better. Ultimately, I don't think there's a future ahead of us where people are cutting out, out beef, but I think sourcing and consuming it responsibly is within our reach. So I think he had kind of like a similar thought to me where he presented his point, but then he wanted to find some common ground and with me and then kind of presented that follow-up which is really nice and i i really appreciate interacting like this if people want to keep doing that uh please uh keep sending your messages my way either at jmartfit on instagram i just actually got twitter too so find me on twitter at jmartfit as well or you can uh, uh send me an email newsletter at jmartfit.com is where that goes but yeah Thank you so much to this person for like being so open-minded and and like presenting your ideas in a in a way where you're much more likely to have someone listen to you rather than pointing out how stupid I am or how <laughs> what I'm saying is is uh, wrong or a lie. But yeah, so my response to him uh, after all of that was that I'll check out the video, the Vox video. Thanks for sharing. And then, uh, again, I wanted to find some common ground with him. So I said, I get your concerns about unsustainable farming practices. I have the same concerns. But I think it applies across the board to all farming. Yeah, monocrop agriculture is no savior of the environment, right? Like, we blame factory farming for animals, but we're basically doing <laughs> factory farming for plants as well with monocrop agriculture. So... Anyways, and then follow up to that was the post wasn't really meant for vegetarians. It's for people who mostly go out and get processed food instead of cooking something themselves. Perhaps the image should have had a side dish of veggies to make a better point. But it's not like steak isn't real food. It's one of the most nutrient dense things one can consume to better to better their health. And I fully stand behind that statement. I think what is he? Oh yeah. Then I went on to say meat consumption is part of being human from an evolutionary perspective. However, one does not need a shitty burger bun, a side of fries, and a sugar-sweetened beverage to go with the beef. <laughs> and then uh, and then my fo last follow-up was, since we're doing YouTube shares, uh, I sent him a video called How Joel Salatin's Farming Style Can Feed the World. You know, and hopefully I was as nice to him in kind of this interaction as I perceived him to be towards me. Um, and he responded with, we'll check it out. <laughs> and then with a joke, but let's be real, French fries equals, and then heart emoji. <laughs> I'll happily shave off a year of my health span for occasional plate of fries, LOL. <laughs> and he's he's absolutely right. I do love french fries too <laughs> some of the time and uh my I, I i sorry to keep going on like this uh back and forth and kind of sharing the whole conversation but i i really think there's some value in this because what then the conversation turned into is he didn't reject what i was saying so he thought there was more value in what i'm saying so he probed for more questions which is which is really interesting, because when I when he said the joke about um, about the French fries, 
I responded with saying, I actually don't have anything against fried food, especially fries, because I love them. It's the oil in which they're fried. That's the big issue. That's my opinion. I say, I said, not a big fan of seed oils, soybean, canola, corn, sunflower, safflower, cottonseed, all should be avoided at all costs, in my opinion. You'll notice too that it's very hard to find any packaged food without one of those in the ingredient list. And so having said that, he's like, okay, this guy, he, he probably knows of something that I don't know. Let me ask him some more questions. So his re- response is, I have noticed that. What's your take on olive oil? So there you go. He, he, he's taking note of my presenting to some new information for him and how that's possibly valuable and, and asking the right questions, things that he's truly interested in. So uh, my response was, uh, I like cold-pressed olive oil. I do avoid uh, using it for high heat cooking as it gets oxidized in these conditions. For vegetarian options, coconut oil and palm oil are the best choices for cooking above 400 degrees, in my opinion. The issue with palm oil is most of it is produced unsustainably by cutting down rainforest. I personally make my own tallow from the fat of the whole cow we order for my high temperature cooking needs. Yeah, hopefully, and yeah, he uh, he was thankful of that for, for that uh, response. Anyways, I'll, I'll end that one there. But uh, there you go. An example of how to have a conversation with somebody who you disagree with in a way where you're both better off at the end of the conversation instead of like hating each other more. Uh, I hope to have many more like that with as many people as I can. Yeah. All right. I'm approaching 40 minutes here. I think I'm going to cut it off near 40 minutes because uh, it's long enough. I've ranted long enough. Hopefully there have been a few funny moments to make you make it worthwhile to listen and want to come back and listen some more. If you, like I said, want to get in touch, either uh, connect with me on uh, Instagram or, or Twitter. I'm new to Twitter, but I'm I'm liking it. At uh, jmartfit for both of those. J M A R T F I T. Uh, perfect timing, actually. My wife's just got home, so I'm gonna end it off here. So take it easy, everybody. Jmart out. <laughs>